join us for the TVO Telethon, March 23rd and 24th, and donate early for a chance at great prizes. Visit telethon.tvo.org for more information. You're listening to a TVO podcast. Hi, Pippa. Hey, Karina. Today on Word Bomb, we're talking about the word troll. Troll, mostly in the context of the internet. Yes. And I would love to start with my favorite definition of that word, which I came across in the process of researching and interviewing for this episode. Yeah. Uh, The definition is being a butt on the internet. That really, really rings true to me. Yeah, yeah. I like that definition because... It's very short and very accurate. And I guess because being a butt is like this very gentle kind of de-escalated version of being a jerk. Mm -hmm. So you like you can be a butt to your brother or you can be like a butt to your friend. Yeah. But you can't really be a butt to your boss (laughs) or someone you hate. (laughs) It's kind of um, there's something kind of loving about it. Yeah, being a butt is like, I don't know, like sticking your tongue out or like there's like a childishness about it. Exactly. And you can only be that way with certain people in your life. Okay, but you did say that that's only one of the definitions that you found. Yes. So that's why I thought this was such a good word to have on Word Bomb. So what trolling used to be Mm -hmm. is being a butt on the internet. (laughs) And I remember back in our first season, we did this episode on doxing, one of my favorite episodes. Yeah, same. And um, our guest, Molly Sauter, described the early days of the internet versus now as tide pools versus the ocean. Right. Um, so, like, this this difference in scale. And just like doxing, trolling started out in these little tide pools when the internet was just a bunch of very isolated groups of people who knew each other online. And the intent was to kind of, like, deliberately rile someone up um, or bait them or start an argument just for the fun of it. Mm-hmm. It was just joking and actually pretty positive. I remember Molly talked about it was sort of a way of initiating somebody into a group. Yeah, like a like a light version of hazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what does the word troll mean now? So I wanted to talk to someone who actually researches this, and I found... Yimin Chen, who's a PhD candidate at Western University in the Faculty of Information and Media Studies, and he's doing his PhD research on internet trolling. Here's what he had to say about the way trolling is perceived now versus then. At this moment, troll and trolling basically don't mean anything because they mean almost everything. Um, People have now used it to describe all sorts of things ranging from You know, like the sort of pranks and jokes all the way up into things like uh, calling SWAT teams to people's houses because of a dispute over a video game. It's been applied to, you know, foreign interference in election campaigns and election uh, processes. It's been implicated in online harassment and abuse and cyberbullying. It's been used to describe death threats that people have been sent. So... Basically, at this point, you could conceivably use trolling to describe pretty much anything you see online, any behavior on the internet that you find disagreeable or that you view negatively. What comes to your mind when you hear the word troll? For me, right away, 
in the context of like modern times, I think about Donald Trump or the far right or like Russian trolls. Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too. I think it's a really common association. Mm -hmm. Actually, here's an interesting fact mm -hmm. about that. Um, Google trends for the word troll. So that's the amount of times a given word has been searched on Google. Uh, it hit peak popularity in November 2016. So right when Donald Trump was elected. Exactly. And way before he was even elected back in July 2015, Nate Silver wrote an article called Donald Trump is the world's greatest troll. And he published it on 538, which is his poll analysis website, which, by the way, was the only one to forecast that Trump had a significant chance of winning the election. Um, and then the following year, in November 2016, that same month that the election happened, Dave Chappelle went on SNL and said, America's done it. We've actually elected an internet troll as our president. And around that time is where the term really, really took off into sort of popular usage. Yeah, I feel like troll is such an evocative word. Like, you picture like a gross troll under a bridge. Mm -hmm. Actually, that's a there's debated etymology about that that I super want to get into mm -hmm. because the idea of a troll like that ugly fairy tale kind of creature um, that dates back to Old Norse mythology and Scandinavian folklore. And that's the meaning a lot of people think of when they hear the word like the troll under the bridge in Billy Goat's graph. Right. But there's another meaning of troll that a lot of people don't know, it's actually a fishing technique, and it means slowly dragging a baited hook behind a moving boat. Ooh. And that could definitely work to describe internet trolls too, like you're kind of baiting someone into arguing with you, and nobody knows for sure which meaning it started with, although it kind of works either way. Yeah. I like the fishing one because it's sort of like someone is like taunting, but they don't actually really mean to engage with you, which is kind of perfect for trolling. Yeah. And I think like as Yemen said, the word troll has now become pretty vague and can kind of mean like any behavior you don't like on the Internet. Yeah, more vague, but also way more high stakes. So it's not being a butt on the Internet anymore. It's being abusive on the Internet. It's taken a way darker turn, I think. And Yimin told me more about something I actually, thankfully, had never heard of, uh, an example of this kind of really dark turn that trolling has taken. It's called R.I.P. Trolling. Had you heard of this before we did this episode? I hadn't, no. Yeah. Here's Yimin. So this would be when family and loved ones of someone who had passed away set up a memorial uh, website or memorial Facebook page for someone who had died. And in many of these cases, it would be someone, um, often a young person, who took their own life through suicide. But because many of these pages and sites are left open to the public, trolls would basically come in and hurl abuse at the mourners. They would make fun of the people. Uh, they would sometimes Photoshop images of the deceased person in you know, all sorts of terrible ways and basically make, uh, vandalize the entire memorial. Oh, that kind of reminds me of, do you know the Lindy West story about confronting her troll? Oh, yeah, yeah. How someone made a Twitter account with her late father's name that <laughs> sort of was tweeting at her, like, about how disappointed they were in her and, like, all these horrible things. And, and she ended up confronting that troll. But yeah. it sort of reminds me of, like, it's like that really personal, painful level. Uh-huh. It's jabbing at the most vulnerable place you could. 
Yeah. Um, super messed up. And that's just the kind of trolling that stays online. Mm -hmm. um, there's lots of trolling that spills into real life now. There's doxing, which, like I said, we covered in season one. Yeah. Um, that's posting someone's personal information publicly so that they can be harassed. Uh, there's swatting, which Yemen mentioned. We talked about swatting in our episode on docs, but it's been in the news this year because Ijeoma Aluo, an author and columnist, was horribly swatted this year. Someone called the police and said that there was gunshots heard and I think that there were two dead bodies in the house. And her teenage son, I believe, was inside the house and came to the door and there were cops there. Luckily, she had already listed her address. So the cops were kind of tipped off mm -hmm. that it might not be real. But still, that could really have gone south. Yeah, it's terrifying. Mm -hmm. I mean, swatting and RAP trolling, that's on, on a very individual level. Personal, but there's yeah. like the global scale stuff like election interference. Mm -hmm. Trolling is just a lot more life and death these days than how it started out. And it's so weird that we use the same word to talk about being a butt on the internet and Russian interference in the American election. Yeah. Same word. It's wild that the term could be so vague to mean both things. Do you think that's a bad thing? That's a good question. I mean, like, you take someone who's actively trying to get you killed. Yeah. Um, or actively trying to tip the scales of an election and call them a troll. Like, why is that bad? I think it's bad because it's almost downplaying how serious the behavior is, right? Like, we should be calling a spade a spade. Exactly. Like, swatting isn't trolling. It's attempted manslaughter or murder. Yeah. And doxing is harassment and abuse. And RIP trolling is cyberbullying. Yeah. And, like, Trump's behavior on Twitter when he throws leaders of other countries or like the stock market or his own citizens into a panic, that's not trolling either. Yeah. I don't even know what to call that. Yeah, me neither. And doing these kinds of things in the context of the internet and labeling them in the context of the internet under just this blanket term of trolling, it just really disassociates them from what they really are. Yeah. I was actually reading about this in relation to the idea of, like, the Russian troll farms, mm -hmm. interference in Western elections. Yeah, they call them that, right? Troll farms. Somehow I picture, like, a grow-up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know why that is. I picture, like, a warehouse grow-up situation with just, like, rows upon rows of, like, people busily typing on computers. Yeah, it's like the monkey at the keyboard or, exactly, or something. Exactly, exactly. But in this article, they were talking about how elections are not being trolled. They're being systematically attacked and influenced with lots of political and financial backing, right? Mm -hmm. How can you call that trolling? Mm -hmm. It's too coordinated. Mm -hmm. I think that trolling can be coordinated. Like, think about in our doxing episode, we talked about, like, in online forums, people all deciding to attack one person at the same time. Mm -hmm. Like Anita Sarkeesian and Gamergate. Yes, exactly. But that's more of, like, a social media pylon, right? It's like, still it's, pretty disorganized. Yes, it's not like the election interference that went on in 2016 that is, by all reports, still going on. Yeah. And another reason why we shouldn't use this word to talk about stuff like this, the way you deal with trolls is to ignore them. Like there's this <laughs> famous phrase, which is don't, don't feed, feed the, the trolls. trolls. Exactly. But you can't just ignore something like election interference right. or attempted murder because it's not trolling. Mm -hmm. You can't make it go away by ignoring it. 
Yeah, the word trolling sort of has like an implied like, you know, ignore it. It's just a joke. Mm-hmm. It's just trolling. Can't you take a joke? Lighten up. Totally. Yeah. Yemen talked about this too. Like a lot of times people are making extreme comments or doing extreme things on the internet because it's very easy to dissociate yourself and to dehumanize the people on the receiving end. You can't see them, you know, you don't often get an instantaneous response. You can't read their body language, look at their face. So you don't have a lot of these social cues that, you know, in person would indicate when you've crossed the line, when you've gone too far, when, you know, maybe you should stop what you're doing and reassess uh, where you're coming from. Reassess where you're coming from is kind of the loveliest way of putting it. Yeah. Side note, Yumin was truly one of one of the most pleasant and polite sounding people I've ever spoken to. And it was really funny calling up a trolling expert yeah. and having them be so soft spoken and gentle and, and gentle. And it was just like a very nice conversation and I really enjoyed it. It's nice to have a little bit of that like sweet tone. Yeah. Yeah. When we're talking about this horrible subject. Exactly. I'm glad that Yemen brought up the fact that trolling has no like face-to-face recognition, no social cues mm-hmm. element, because there's actually a name for this phenomenon. If we want to get into a little bit of psychology here, it's called the online disinhibition effect. So it's this set of factors that was laid out by a psychologist at Ryder University in New Jersey. And the factors that sort of disinhibit us online are anonymity, invisibility, time lag, being physically alone, and the lack of an authority figure. I feel like some of those are pretty common sense, but time lag is one that I never thought of before now. Yeah, and that's an interesting one. It's like this idea that you could fire off a reply to someone but you're not interacting in real time, right? Mm-hmm. The response might take like minutes or hours, depending if that person's looking at their computer. So your flow of thoughts is sort of interrupted and you don't have to deal with their like instant emotional reaction the way you would if you said it to their face. Yeah, like even if it takes 60 seconds, that's still a time lag that allows you to step back emotionally from the conversation. And sometimes when I'm having a conversation online, I've got like other windows open or Mm -hmm. something's going on in my physical space. Yeah, you can switch between tabs so quickly. I do it like blinking. And it's like resetting. Yeah. So you're not actually like sitting in the emotions or the consequences of what you just said. Exactly. And another psychologist at University of California, Davis, found that face-to-face interaction, it gives you this huge cascade of information, right, Mm -hmm. that guides your next move in a conversation. So this information is all sort of stored and processed in your orbitofrontal cortex. So if people have damage to that part of the brain, they can exhibit all sorts of impulsive behavior and make these mortifying mistakes in public, like, you know, kissing strangers or something. Right. So if you're not seeing and hearing someone face to face, that information is missing. Yeah, yeah. All of the meanest sentences I've ever said in my entire life have been typed. Really? Hands down, the meanest things I've ever said. Like a text or like an email? Absolutely, yeah, like a chat. Yeah, when I look back on it, (laughs) I don't think I say tons of mean things all the time, but definitely the meanest (laughs) things have always been in some kind of messaging context. I think the meanest that I ever get, oh, this is embarrassing to admit, is... Oh, I'm so ready for it. If you're like having an online chat with 
either a robot or a person who answers customer service for like a phone bill. Oh, I'm always super polite to those robots. Well, I bet your phone bill costs a lot more than mine. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, I'm a bad person. Um, Moving away from the big picture here. Yeah. And moving away from my story. I wanted to get a local perspective on this, local to Toronto. So I talked to the guy who's behind the website called Toronto Troll Gallery. Had you heard of this before? Uh, Not before we did the episode, no. So I was really interested to learn more about this page when I first found it in my research. I'll read from their about page here. On this site, you learn the who's who of bigots, instigators, extremists, and fascists. On this site, you will learn how to deal with them, whether you wish to avoid them for safety or confront them directly to shut down their nonsense. That's good. So you talk to the creator of the website. Yes. So he chose to remain anonymous because reasonably he's worried for his safety calling out Toronto trolls. So for this episode, we're going to call him Jake, a pseudonym, and we've disguised his voice. The next bit of info will sound kind of familiar. The website went up around November of 2016. Of course. Here's Jake on how it got started. We created it shortly shortly after Trump's election, actually, because we noticed a lot of people were emboldened to speak out. The whole gamut of prejudice just sort of came out of the woodwork and uh, became more pronounced after Trump's election. You know, what they call the Trump effect, where people feel that they have sort of a permission slip to speak this way about minorities, speak about women, speak about LGBT people in derogatory terms because someone in high power just got elected who has these views. So what are some examples of Toronto trolls that you two talked about? One example that Jake told me about was someone who showed up at a vigil for the Christchurch mosque shooting that happened in March of this year. Here's Jake. She came to a vigil that was taking place uh, in Very Hall at York University for the people who were murdered in the mosque. This guy shows up with a Make America Great Again hat and just stands there and watches them. And people were saying this guy was trolling them. But it, it went beyond just being mischievous. It went to a point of almost being a threat to wear a hat that is associated with... I mean, the guy who shot up the mosque literally named Donald Trump in his manifesto. And now we got a guy showing up to a vigil for people who just be murdered by someone with this ideology and just standing there. So that's a situation where the trolling took place in real life. Yeah. And if you go on the website, you'll notice that all of the so-called trolling on the Toronto Troll Gallery has to do with the far right, Trump, and every single troll on the website is male. Huh. Yeah. I guess when I think of trolling, I never picture a woman doing it. Is that... (laughs) Equal opportunity trolling. Yeah. (laughs) We control too. Oh, no. Jake said that he felt that the word troll or trolling is now synonymous with the far-right movement and with the idea of debating in bad faith. Here's Jake. There's the idea that you owe everybody a debate. Everybody has a different opinion than yours. But when someone's just trying to provoke an emotional response, they're not really having a, a debate in good faith. So I think that troll really denotes that they're not in good faith, if that makes sense. When you engage, for instance, a, an alt-right white nationalist troll win a debate in good faith, you're almost legitimizing their point of view as is, is a point of view that actually deserves to be taken seriously and deserves to be discussed. You're explaining to people by calling them that, that they're not worth having a debate with, they're not worth having a discussion with. 
Of course, the earliest troll was the one under the bridge. And I guess, I guess the billy goats did see a point in debating him and they outsmarted him. So one of the things I was curious about when I sat down to talk to Jake was what his personal interest in this was. Like, it's a lot of work. Yeah, it's a lot of effort to make a this sort of repository and, and follow people mm-hmm. who are trolling in Toronto. I asked Yemen this too, because I was also curious about that. Mm-hmm. And uh, he <laughs> he said he was more of a trolling connoisseur <laughs> than an active participant, which I really loved. I would just imagine him sitting back with like a glass of wine in the evenings, just sampling the best and worst of trolling mm-hmm. on the internet. Scrolling through YouTube mm-hmm. comments. Yeah. <laughs> ah, perfect. Yeah. This is something I really liked. Jake told me that he actually did his fair share of trolling back in the good old days. He was a butt on the internet. He was a butt on the internet. Yeah. And he pointed out that what he did then pales in comparison with what we call trolling now. Do you compare someone who's on a, on a message board or in a comment section for laughs trolling? Is that at all comparable to some of the characters we have in the troll gallery who are you know, doing hate speech and, and incitement to possible violence? I'll put this out there. Yeah, when I was a teenager, I used to troll on a Lord of the Rings board right? Just for fun. And in the early 2000s, and I was just making jokes and trying to get a rise out of people for fun. And then at some point they just said, okay, you're a troll. And they just kept banning me. And to say that what I was doing in the early 2000s on that, you know, message board is comparable to what, you know, some of these, these hate organizations are doing is, yeah, it could be kind of problematic. So now instead of trolling Lord of the Rings fans, he said he trolls the far right. And this is apparently something that activists do online. They'll kind of integrate themselves into, say, Facebook groups or far right message boards and sort of bait people into saying something racist that he can use to expose them. Oh, okay, yeah. Sort of like trolling for good. Yeah, the the trolls becoming the trollies. (laughs) I like it. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of trolling for good, yeah. I want to loop Yemen back in right now because part of his research, a big part of it is measuring how people are defining trolling in the mainstream media, mm-hmm. which is not surprisingly in these very negative terms, versus how people are talking about trolling in internet communities okay. right now, which is actually really positive. Really? And the old kind of trolling, this sort of benign, mischievous, poking fun kind of trolling is still alive and well. That's good to know. Yeah. um, He was telling me about this guy who has been described as the world's greatest troll. And (laughs) And it's it's not not Trump. Trump. (laughs) It's not Trump, which is great. It's a he's a copywriter in Brooklyn named Kenneth McCarthy. Classic. Yeah, I know. And he he goes online and poses as this really out-of-touch, argumentative boomer. Oh, my God. Like, baby boomer. On, on comment sections, always under the name Ken M. And there are a lot of roundups online of the greatest Ken M comments of all time. Yes. And there's uh, this one mashable article, which I'll link to in the show notes for the episode. It called his work Do No Harm Trolling and Ooh. referred to it as a lost art. That's beautiful. Yeah. I have Can you some, give me some? Yeah, I have, <laughs> I have some here if you want to hear them. Wait, let me pull them up. On an article about the Curiosity rover taking photos on Mars, he commented, the rover would be wise to refrain from sightseeing and stick to its job. 
and all of these people piled on the comment. It's like it works, right? Because all of these people comment back. Someone commented, "Sightseeing is its job." Like people got so、oh. angry about it. There's an article about、um, how a 16 million dollar lottery ticket was still unclaimed in Florida. Yeah, and he commented. Better for the winner if they never claim it. I won the Pennsylvania lottery in 1983, and it only brought grief upon my family. <laughs> wow, it's just so stupid. It's so fun.、Uh, oh, and、uh, Yemen asked me. He actually asked me to mention this on the show.、Mm-hmm. Um, it's an offshoot of trolling called Wholesome Memes. Do you know about this? No. Okay, so it's like a reverse trolling. I'll let him explain it. So they're using the, or sort of even co-opting the standard meme format, the iconography, the images, and the style. But instead of sending sort of a nihilistic, sarcastic message, it's an over-the-top, extremely sweet, wholesome "I love my friends and family and they support me" kind of caption instead. So. It's just pushing the boundary of absurdist humor, but using it to show your appreciation for, you know, friends and loved ones. So, in a way, the polar opposite of the angry, aggressive, you know, mocking style of memes that often become popular, and just it, it's just lovely to see them every once in a while in your, you know, your newsfeed and so on, and just like, ah, that's sweet. So that's the sort of thing, you know, that gives me hope that. Just sort of trolling mentality can be salvaged, because it's still following that sort of you know ironic tongue-in-cheek playfulness, but directing it towards doing good. Basically, Yumin just wants trolling to be trolling again. That is a really that is a really sweet phenomenon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm totally gonna wholesome troll you now. Thank you. I'd love that. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> Make you feel so appreciated. I genuinely could use some, actually. <laughs> I think we could leave it there. <laughs> Word bomb is produced by me, Pippa Johnstone, and me, Karina Palmatesta. As always, we'd like to acknowledge that our show is recorded on the traditional territories of the Wendat, the Anishinaabe, Haudenosaunee, Métis, and the Mississaugas of the Credit First Nation. Thank you to Jake from the Toronto Troll Gallery and Yimin Chen for their interviews. And thank you to everyone at TVO who makes this show possible. You can follow our show at Word Bomb Podcast on Instagram or at TVO.org/slash Word Bomb. Thanks for listening.